Welcome to the Sword and the Trial podcast of Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries exists for the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of churches. I'm Jared Longshore. I'm Tom Askell. Thanks for listening to the Sword and the Trial today. We're glad to be back with you and very excited about what we're going to talk about today. Today we're going to talk about how to be SBC. How to be Southern Baptist. What You've been is doing involved? that for a long time. Yes, I have. Uh, like many people, I was Southern Baptist before I took my first breath. Yeah, <laughs> so I came out of the womb into a Southern Baptist church. Oh, very nice. So we've been talking about a lot of things with um, By What Standard. The film came out as we have uh, watched that film and had amazing responses to that film. Uh, we're in the tens of thousands of people that have well into the tens of thousands of people that have watched that film and there's increasing concern about what's going on in Southern Baptist life. And one of the things that has stuck out to us is we, we really need to get down to what it means to be a part of the Southern Baptist convention and take responsibility for what's being taught at the seminaries, take responsibility for what our entities are doing and teaching. And we've seen ways that we have not done that well. And Mm -hmm. we thought, Hey, let's talk about that idea and how to be a responsible pastor and the faithful Southern Baptists. Yeah, we know a lot of people that uh, are part of founders aren't Southern Baptists, you know, and that's okay. Um, and there are folks that have been Southern Baptists are leaving the convention, and we want to try to talk to you about uh, why you would do that and reasons you should reconsider doing that, although it's a conscience decision for everyone. Mm-hmm. But what happens in the SBC has implications beyond the SBC. So when we talk about these things inside of Southern Baptist life, it extends, the, the implications extend way beyond the borders of the Southern Baptist Convention. So right. it's important. If you're going to be Southern Baptist, be a good Southern Baptist. Be a Southern Baptist the way that the Association of Churches, known as the SBC, was established to function. And that's where I think, as you and I have talked, you know, that's where we've dropped the ball. And I'll just speak personally, I and mean, that's where I've dropped the ball in leading our church over the last many years. We, we've been very active in different ways on local association at times, state convention at times, SBC at times, but we haven't in the last probably six or seven years uh, been as active as we should, should have been. And as a result, we kind of wake up and say, wait a minute, there's some bad things going on right. or questionable things that we um, shouldn't have allowed to get this far. Yeah. Before we get too far into how to be SBC, we want to say thank you again to fam members. We just came back from Atlanta, Georgia at the G3 conference and uh, it was a great time going there. Tom preached on reverent worship. Uh, that would be last Saturday now. And uh, it was a wonderful time being there. All sorts of people coming up to our booth. There were like 5,000-something people at this conference. Yeah. And people were coming uh, left and right and saying that they had benefited from the film by what standard, that they listened to the podcast. So a <laughs> uh, big thanks to those of you who do listen to the podcast and uh, who have benefited from the resources that we've published and other things. Um, we're continuing work with the FAM. The FAM is the Founders Alliance member, and there's all different ways that you can come in, different levels where you can support us in different ways, and we like to resource people in the FAM with uh, particular resources. So if you go to founders.org, you can find out all about that. We do have something called the Armory, where we're going to be dumping all sorts of content. So one of the things we're really excited about is there's a lot of behind-the-scenes footage from the By What Standard film 
There's all kinds of interviews. Who are some of these people that we interviewed that didn't make the cut for the film, uh, or maybe a part of their interview made the cut? We're going to be uploading all of mm-hmm. this content. So, and there's some gold, golden stuff in there, man. Yeah, really yeah. good stuff. Like a full, a full interview from Vody Bauckham. We had portions of his. Mark Coppinger. Mark Coppinger uh, yeah. has an incredible stuff that he was saying, and many others. I don't know how many hours, but we're dealing with a lot of hours of yeah. footage that we're going to be uploading to that armory, and that content will be available to those who are fan members so watch for that coming uh, we also we have so much going on we have wield the sword which is a new project a docu-series on how to take the word of god and apply it uh, in all of life and all these different spheres and so go to founders.org to find out about that we're at about fourteen thousand uh dollars people have supported that and then we have a ten thousand dollar matching gift so uh if you're encouraged about what's going on please do support that project as well so um how, how long have you been a pastor in a church that is in happy cooperation with the SBC? Oh, 41, almost 42 years. It's a really long time. That's a long time. I go to these SBCs <clears throat> and it's like everybody knows Tom Ass. It's, it's awesome. Um, it's what happens when you live a long time. I We've talked about this a number of times with a number of guys that to be in the Southern Baptist Convention and to be reformed, to... Um, think in healthy ways about the church. You look at the SBC, it's so big, you almost feel like since it's so big and our cooperation can then thin out where we begin to neglect the actual association and cooperation that we have. And so for me, I know even walking through recent days, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church and um, have have not really taken responsibility over what's going on at an associational level, what's going on at a state level, what's going on uh, at the national level, the mm-hmm. convention itself, or even in the in the seminaries and what's being taught and what the entities are advancing. So I'm trying myself to say, okay, how can I, in a responsible way, say I, I love my brothers and sisters in the Southern Baptist Convention. I want to have um, a, a spirit where I might have people that will differ with me on certain doctrinal matters, but I'm still happy to cooperate with them. And But I want to speak the truth in love when I see real dangers or real errors that are being made. So how would you counsel somebody that's in that kind of position? Yeah, well, if you're going to be Southern Baptist, be Southern Baptist, and specifically pastors and churches. Um, take the responsibility of cooperating together with other congregations. So as a pastor, the way that I think we ought to do that is recognize, okay, we are Baptist. We have a certain polity. There's a conviction that goes with that name Baptist, and it's a way of not only doing church locally, but it's also a way of interconnectedness that falls short of the type of Presbyterianism or Episcopacy that we see in other forms of government. Uh, Sometimes Baptists think, well, we're autonomous. Every local church is autonomous. Uh, Therefore, we're completely separated and have nothing to do with any other congregation. Well, that's not quite right either. There is an interdependence that we have because we're all people who are in the family of God, and we are churches that are all under the lordship of Christ. We see this in the New Testament. So if we're going to be New Testament Christians, if we're going to be Bible Christians and New Testament churches, then we're going to have to take seriously the way we see these churches relating to each other in the New Testament. I, I'm against Episcopacy. I'm against Presbyterianism as a, a polity. I, I would make arguments against that. But there is a council that is called 
that have representative of churches that come together in in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15, and they address issues that impact all the congregations. You have Paul writing letters uh, and telling churches to use this letter, I think a letter to the Philippians, uh, read the church the letter I wrote to the Laodiceans, you know, and it's, um, so there's there's cooperation that's going on in these churches. There's undoubtedly a connection. It's not uh, authoritative. One has been authority over the other, but they have a relationship with each other. So if we're going to do that and we're going to cooperate together, then we ought to exercise the stewardship that goes with that. Right. Yeah, in very simple terms. I mean, if I'm a Christian and I meet another Christian, you know, whether that person's in an entirely different denomination and being Anglican, whatever, um, there is a level of responsibility that goes on. We both bear the name of Christ. And so in a way that's different than somebody who would be an unbelieving man, I have responsibility to this man to encourage him, to love him, to, if he's in uh, sin, to correct him and confront him about that. But then when it comes to um, a denominational level or when it comes for us for being a part of the Southern Baptist Convention, when I meet another Southern Baptist, I have agreed to partner with that man who is in a church or pastor in a church at Southern Baptist in a, in, in, in a bigger way, in a greater mm-hmm. way than I would with the man who is the Anglican. And that's just a simple truth that I really believe, I know I've neglected, and I think a lot of people have neglected. Uh, we've decided to pool our resources. Uh, we send money to uh, to our collective projects together, and we're both committed to the Baptist faith and message, and therefore, if you are not um, in, uh, I don't remember how the Constitution words it, but the Southern Baptist Convention Constitution says you have to be in general agreement with friendly the Friendly cooperation, yeah. Uh, you're in friendly cooperation with the convention, right? but then the Baptist faith and message, it says some line about you have to be in general faith and practice yeah. with the Baptist faith and message. And if you're not... Well, then we've all agreed that you would be removed from the Southern Baptist Convention. And we did that recently, uh, maybe two conventions ago, yeah. with a church that was given to racism. It right. was actually not allowing uh, black people to come to their services. And rightly, we stood up in that convention and said, we're not going to stand for this. You're not going to be able to bear the name Southern Baptist and do this kind of thing. And that is a while that's a grievous thing to do to have to disfellowship a church from the convention from the association that we're a part of that's actually showing how this kind of thing's supposed to happen there is a level of cooperation there is a process of disciplining from the association where look you're still going to have your church it's not we're not presbyterian we're not going to come in and be able to fire your pastor but we will absolutely disfellowship you from this association and I think if a lot of, especially young pastors, but really all Southern Baptist pastors, if, if we can get that idea, say, you're pastor in your church, yes, you have a responsibility to shepherd your flock. You're going to give an account for them, Hebrews 13, 17. But you have a responsibility to what's going on in all of these other churches across our land that bear the name Southern Baptist, a heightened responsibility to them that you really got to consider. Yeah. Every local church, every Baptist church is autonomous. Every Southern Baptist church is autonomous. And so that means nobody dictates to us. We voluntarily associate in a local association of Baptist churches. Well, that local association is autonomous. 
And so nobody can dictate to that association how it's to function. But that association can disfellowship Grace Baptist Church if they determine, hey, Grace Baptist Church is not cooperating or not a part of us or not operating the way that we've agreed to operate. They have the freedom to do that as an autonomous association. Mm -hmm. We also affiliate with the Florida Baptist Convention. Florida Baptist Convention is autonomous, and so it can disfellowship Grace Baptist Church, not seat us as messengers at its meetings if they determine we're not in friendly cooperation. Same thing with the Southern Baptist Convention. Mm -hmm. That does not limit or infringe upon the autonomy of Grace Baptist Church. And though we are autonomous, we're not sovereign. We are interdependent with other congregations. And so that means I bear a responsibility. Our church bears a responsibility for our associational connection to the local association, to the right. state convention, to the national convention. And as such, as we cooperate with our finances, we cooperate with our energies and activities and projects, whatever else we do, then we need to exercise stewardship mm-hmm. in a way that says, okay, we want to maintain faithfulness to the things that we say we believe and what we're going to do. And if an entity that is cooperatively supported by the association of churches of which we are a part, whether that's locally, state, or in the SBC at large, if that begins to, uh, if that entity begins to do things that are questionable or entertain ideas or theology that is questionable, then my church, this church has a responsibility. Right. It's not just somebody else's job, right. not just trustees. We elect trustees who are to represent churches to be the first line of defense. But if the trustees don't do their job, the churches still have the responsibility under God to hold those entities accountable. Right. So this whole thing, I mean, I imagine there's, it's, it's trying to get a read on where Southern Baptists are is somewhat challenging in this, but the more and more we've talked to people, even a number of the things that you laid out, um, <laughs> I don't remember what the, what the name one of our friends said. He said, you know, you're, you're like the old dog around here. Like, you know these things. They, they just flow off your tongue. So you just you laid out a lot of content there that a, a bunch of the younger Southern Baptists don't even know. They have to back up and go, okay, hold on. What's yeah. going on here? So I just want to highlight. You mentioned there's, there's really three levels if you become Southern Baptist that most all Southern Baptist churches are a part of. That's the associational level. For us, that's the Royal Palm Baptist Association. It's right here in Lee and Collier County. And so right here in our backyard, a number of churches are part of that. That's, a, that's an association level. And then there's the state associational level, the state convention. And then there's the Southern Baptist Convention, which is the national level. And, and then we, we actually... We kind of want this podcast to be like a survey of the land, how to be SBC. But we anticipate following this up with some kind of doubling down on each of these and saying, okay, mm-hmm. so what is it? What what should I do at the state level? Um, what should I do at the convention? And should I go? And if I go, what should I be doing? And right. how do you give a resolution? So we hope to dig into that even in future episodes. Um, but you got associational level, state level, and then convention level. And now let's talk about these things called, um, you, you mentioned trustees, but mm-hmm. to talk about trustees, you really got to talk about the entities. So what are the entities, whether we can name them all or not, yeah. but give us an idea of what an entity of the Southern Baptist Convention well, is. These are organizations or uh, mechanisms of accomplishing things that um, are supported cooperatively by the churches. So the SBC has this ingenious 
financial program called the Cooperative Program, and it is ingenious. It's amazing. I, I've seen it work in different nations around the world. I've seen it work in uh, specific difficult situations here in North America as well, uh, where churches can give voluntarily to this, and then that funds a variety. I think it's eleven or twelve different entities that we have. Maybe maybe ten of them are funded. Things like six Southern Baptist seminaries. Uh, like the International Mission Board, like the North American Mission Board, like the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. So all of those things are funded through the gifts given by local Southern Baptist churches. Mm -hmm. And those entities then are overseen or they're led by you know a president or a CEO uh, someone who is the key guy and he has a staff and and those uh, the, that staff then runs the entities but they are overseen by trustees and those trustees are elected by the messengers of the churches that gather annually at the Southern Baptist Convention meeting the trustees are nominated by the committee on nominations that is nominated, the members of that committee, by the committee on committees that is appointed by the president. This I is feel a, this so is, Baptist. This is Baptist, bro. This yes, is Baptist sir, all the committee way. committee on committees. That's right. Is there a committee on committee on committees? No, that's the president. So uh, <laughs> so you, you elect a president who, who appoints this committee on committees, and then they uh, you know, recommend the committee on nominations, who then recommend the trustees to all the entities. And so this is the exact... Uh, formula that was understood or, or the, the structure that was understood back in the 1970s whenever it was determined, hey, we need to have uh, a resurgence. We need to recover the inerrancy of Scripture. How do we do it? Well, you elect a conservative president who will appoint a conservative committee on committees who will then nominate conservative uh, committee on nominations who will nominate consider, uh, conservative trustees uh -huh. who will be elected by the constituents or the the messengers that come from churches and that's a 10-year plan in 10 years you can flip all of the trustee boards of all of our entities to a conservative majority because they serve what three three to four years well trustee? uh it varies i think most of them serve four-year terms and they're they're eligible for two uh that might there might be a variation in one or one or two of the entities on that Exactly. Okay. So, I mean, again, you can see why we're going to, we're going to address this Lord willing in a number of podcasts, <laughs> because this is all baked into you, but I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I know a little bit of these things we talk, but I'm thinking there's just so many people going, okay, that's a lot to take in. There's a bunch of entities uh, and those entities include the six seminaries, right? So I, I graduated from Southern, you graduated from Southwestern, there's Southeastern, New Orleans, uh, Golden Gate out there in California, Midwestern, Midwestern I think that's all of them. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission, mm -hmm. which is focuses, basically teaches, propagates stuff on ethics, dealing with Baptist stuff, gets into the political realm a little bit, sociological realm a little bit. There is, <laughs> there is, <laughs> there is the North American Mission Board. Mm -hmm. That is our stateside church planting and revitalization group. And then there's the International Mission Board mm -hmm. focusing on missions overseas. Um, we have Lifeway. Mm -hmm. And while Lifeway is not funded through the cooperative program, right. they are an entity. That's right. We're and so owned. if you're a pastor of a Baptist church, you have a sense of responsibility for what your publishing arm sends out. Absolutely. Yes, you can't deny that. Absolutely. All right. And so there, you need to perhaps get on Lifeway and look at what's going on, look at what kind of books are being advanced. Cruises being offered. Yeah, and say, like, is this representative? Uh, the Baptist Faith and Message says that only men are to be pastors. And so if you end up having, like, 
if you're publishing a bunch of books by people that might say ladies should be pastors, you would see a conflict mm-hmm. there. And so those kind of things actually matter. Now, backing up from this, before we even get to the mechanics of it, I think a lot of guys feel that, well, if I get into that, like, I almost feel like I'm I'm transgressing into someone else's territory. Yeah. I feel like, like we've been taught to feel bad about it. Right. We've been taught to feel like that's not your place. You pastor the church, and you've elected these other people to do this kind of stuff. And so since you've done that, you just need to not be involved in those kinds of things. Is that a good way to think? Yeah, it's a horrible way uh, to think because um, the entities belong to the churches. I mean, they are ours. And so those of us who are leading churches need to take that stewardship seriously. I think this is where we've dropped the ball. Now, obviously, you you can become um, a crank about it Mm -hmm. and you can just make life miserable for entities and agencies and those that lead them. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that at all. Uh, If an entity gets in trouble as has happened at times in the past, well, the churches ought to bear responsibility responsibility for that as well. So if there's a shortfall in a budget, which has happened, then yeah, this is our responsibility. They belong to us. We ought to dig deeper and cut where we can in order for the cooperative efforts mm-hmm. that are valuable to carry on. So it's a, it's not all negative. Uh, we're looking at it in terms of things that might be going awry that need to be corrected, as in the conservative resurgence. But you're not being uh, out of bounds. You, you're not crossing into territory that doesn't belong to you because the Southern Baptist entities and agencies belong to the churches. Mm-hmm. And we've got to get that straight in our mind. What happens, not just in the SBC, but it does happen in the SBC, is sometimes things go so well for so long and we just kind of become accustomed. We start just kind of cruising along, letting things go. And sometimes the uh, the entity and agency servants, denominational servants, begin to de facto think, though they know it's not true in terms of how it, it actually operates or should operate, that the churches work for the agencies or the the churches exist for the agencies rather than the agencies existing for the churches. And mm. I've actually talked to denominational leaders, and fortunately it's been the minority of them, but it's been enough to make me upset that come off like the churches are their servants rather than remembering, no, you work for us. Mm. You know, We're the ones that pay your salary. We're the ones uh, to whom you are accountable. Now, praise God, uh, there are agency heads and entity heads who recognize that. Jason Allen wrote an article a week or so ago mm-hmm. in which he included that very point. He says, man, I'm accountable to the trustees, but I realize beyond that, you know, this seminary, Midwestern Seminary, I'm president of it, is accountable to the churches of the SBC. Well, praise God. Yes, that's correct. And because that's correct, the churches need to take their responsibilities seriously mm-hmm. as a matter of stewardship. We don't we don't just give our money and pretend like that doesn't uh, interest us or right. concern us anymore. So of all of these entities, they all have trustees. Um, about how many people serve as a, a trustee of each entity? Gosh, I don't know. I think Southern Seminary and the executive committee that oversees uh, all things during the time between the annual conventions are the largest. Uh, the executive committee has like 80 Six or so. I don't know how many Southern has. So the executive committee thing is a little confusing because so you have you have all of these entities and you have trustees that are apart. So you have trustees that are assigned to Southern. You have trustees that are assigned to Southeastern. You have trustees that are assigned to the ERLC, to the IMB, a different group for each entity. The executive committee 
you said 80 something? I think so. Yeah. And it's, it's different really than all of these in that the executive committee is the, what is the Southern Baptist convention when the Southern Baptist Ad convention interim. is not yeah, meeting? Basically. Yeah. So but between our annual meetings, they're making bigger decisions. Yeah. They, they are the most powerful committee in the convention. Do you know if, um, so there was a proposed change to the Baptist faith and message at the last Southern Baptist convention, uh, pretty, I think a huge, mm-hmm. um, shift where they said they were going to add into the Baptist faith and message. The Baptist faith and message only says that um, the office of pastor is limited to men. And there's a recommendation to add the word function. So the office mm-hmm. and function of pastor is limited to men. Right. Will the executive committee take that up or must that go back to the convention? Do you know? Yeah. It, the executive committee has taken it up. They are dealing with it right now. I don't know the disposition of it, but I do know there's been communication with the uh, lady who made the initial motion to amend and the executive committee. So my assumption is that it will be brought to the convention. The, somehow the executive committee will make a statement or a recommendation to bring to the convention in Orlando in 2020. Uh, now, very often what happens is that the tr- the executive committee will refer it, uh, a motion or a, a recommendation to a certain entity. You know, we want this entity to look at this or deal with this or whatever. My guess is, my hope is, that this will come back to the actual convention floor for vote. I hope that we get a, an opportunity to vote in Orlando on this amendment. And uh, if that doesn't happen, then we need to... Uh, try to circumvent the executive committee that because they they are not they're not more authoritative than the convention itself the messengers gathered are the final authority in our polity and overrule that so that we can get it on the floor is there a way to contact the executive committee people on the executive committee yeah you can do that i don't know Uh, i'm sure they have formal communication channels i don't know what those are but ronnie floyd is the ceo of the Southern Baptist Convention, and so he's the one who day to day is overseeing everything. He and, okay. and, and his office, which offer operates on a pretty shoestring budget. Okay, so we heard, we see the lay of the land with the entities. We see the lay of the land with the trustees that serve those entities. Now back to that that um, Southern Baptist Jiu Jitsu that you did so quickly <laughs> not too long ago. You said so in the conservative resurgence. The big deal was you elect a certain amount of conservative presidents of the mm-hmm. SBC in a row because the president of the SBC, after he gets put in office, he um, elects a, what's called a committee on committees. That's correct. He, and do you know how many people that is? I don't. So I can't remember. So it's a group of people and they only exist for like a day or two. Well, no, they function because they, they've got to uh, gather recommendations and then make a recommendation. So they function for like a year, I think it is. Okay, so they get recommendations from the churches, from other people? Well, about- I'm not sure that there's any formal way. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm, I, anybody can this make a recommendation. Smoke-filled back rooms? The there, prob- there probably are some smoke-filled back rooms. <laughs> so, okay. So the but, committee on committee, you find them in the smoke-filled yeah. back room talking to the people that recommend and they're recommending a committee on nominations. That's correct. And the com- so they, yeah. they make a committee on nominations. Yep. <clears throat> Is it the committee on nominations who gets the, who does the deals? Well, the committee on nominations take recommendations as well okay. for those who can serve as trustees of the various entities okay. owned by the churches. Now, here's what has happened. There's just no doubt this has happened. Is that entity heads have made recommendations of who would be good trustees for their entities to the committee on nominations. 
And, you know, I mean, normally you think, okay, well, this is good, but you got to be careful with that. If I'm the, the CEO of an organization that is accountable to churches, and I say to the people who are responsible for nominating the trustees mm-hmm. of my organization, hey, I want Bob, Joe, and Sally here because, you know, they're my brother, sister, and cousin. Uh, I mean, that, that gets sketchy yeah. pretty quickly. So a lot of this is your, your <laughs> philosophy of really coming to understand the Baptist polity, that the authority is in the churches, mm-hmm. even for what goes on at the seminaries, That's what right. goes on in the entities. That's right. And that, therefore, you're not doing something wrong when you're looking into these matters. Don't neglect your personal devotion, your family, your church, (laughs) okay, yes, by all means. But then understand, you do have this responsibility, especially if we're thinking about pastors here. So so the president and then the committee on committees, and that committee on committees makes a committee on nominations. Mm -hmm. And the committee on nominations fills all the open trustee slots. That's right. Of all the entities. Yeah, and they don't have the authority to appoint them. They nominate them, and they then are voted on. Those nominees are voted on. Uh, at the annual Southern Baptist Convention gathering. It has happened, but not very often, but it has happened that the uh, nominee, uh, a nomination from the nominating committee, Committee on Nominations, has been overruled by the floor. Mm. You know, the floor has said, no, we don't want this person, we want that person. Typically, it's because there's been some challenge about the, uh, the doctrinal convictions of the person in question. Okay. Well, that's kind of a survey of the land, um, there's so much more that could be said on the nuts and bolts of this thing. And I, I, I sense that, um, again, especially a lot of the guys I've talked to over my time, even at Southern and, and more broadly, um, there's a lot of cynicism. There's yeah. a lot of cynicism. And uh, I think look, if we're, if we're going to stay SBC, and there's people that have left. We've mm-hmm. heard that. They're leaving very publicly and concerned. Um, we're not doing that. We want to stay and we want to fight and labor for the truth, for reformation of churches and for healthy doctrine and practice in uh, Southern Baptist churches far and wide. But to do that, we really do have to repent of the cynicism. Absolutely. Say, There's a structure here. There's an order here that some people, our forefathers set up and we should think about the system. This, the system and the structure of it is not bad. I mean, everybody's wanting to talk about tear down systems and structures right now. What, and growing cynical with it is one way to do it. No, we should use it and employ it and take advantage of these things and pray for the other churches in the Southern Baptist Convention. And then pray about the leadership and the way that things are going and taking advantage of these opportunities, as even as we see uh, SBC Orlando coming up in June. Yeah, so let's repent of cynicism. Let's repent of apathy of sitting back and just saying, oh, you know, somebody else is going to take care of that. Well, mm-hmm. if you're going to be in the SBC, then exercise the stewardship that God has entrusted to you in those connections. And let's do it joyfully, but let's do it intentionally. And let's function the way that our Baptist polity says that it's is the best way biblically to function. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to happen if we sit back with apathy or if we sneer with cynicism. We've got to repent of that and get fully engaged. Yeah. A couple of final questions here to kind of give you an idea of what's coming up in future podcasts. We're going to, uh, again, we're going to address each one of these issues in detail, try to consider more about how we, how to be a faithful uh, Southern Baptist pastor member, um, given all of the structure and order here. But uh, we've all agreed to the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. So where you find a church where their doctrine or practice is clearly out of step mm-hmm. with the Baptist Faith and Message 2000, you'd be okay with saying we're going to disfellowship that church. Yeah. 
out of the Southern we Baptist Convention. Absolutely. That's what we should do. Um, and then the Baptist Faith and Message even is a confession that if deemed wise at the right time is one to be amended or one to be changed. Absolutely. We've it's not the it. Bible. It's not infallible. We've done it in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, we obviously did it in 2000, mm-hmm. and we've done it. There's 63. Even, there's even an, a, an amendment to do that mm-hmm. now. Right. The Constitution itself, there's some action right now about right. adding things to the Constitution. So all of these things are up for grabs when we meet uh, as the convention. There's going to be motions and those kinds of things going on. And then resolutions. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Resolution 9 is a big deal. We've talked about that. There will be future resolutions. These aren't binding on the churches, but they are declarations of where Southern Baptists are at. And so no Knowing how to give a resolution, that's really mm-hmm. important. What would be an important resolution to state uh, for, at such a time as this is, yep. is important. And so we want to let people know we're, one of the things we're trying to do, we're talking to a number of people that are quite interested in, in delivering certain resolutions. Right. And we would love to have uh, founders. Our plan is we're probably going to have a platform here. We're just going to let people know, hey, here's a resolution that's coming. Here's the people yeah. that are out behind it. Right. So and, it won't just be sprung on you the day that it appears in the bulletin. Exactly. Yeah. So so at least we know what's being presented being recommended. to that's Right. resolutions committee and it, it looks, <laughs> that's also important that is important <laughs> so there's the resolution committee just were to decide hey let's take the name of this resolution and completely change it to say something opposite than the original presenter then you'll know that ahead of that's time. right just just having some transparency is good and the resolutions committee has the right we've talked about that to mm-hmm. make changes to the to the resolutions that are presented but one of the things that's wonderful about the technology we have now is it's actually giving fruit it's giving um um, body to our practice. Like, right. yes, we should, it's not, they don't have to be secrets, the resolutions that were submitted. Yeah. And so let's present these resolutions, let people use that as a way to take responsibility. Say, yeah. hey, I'm a Southern Baptist. Here's what I want us to be declaring and saying and resolving to do at a time like this. And motions, uh, very thoughtful motions that give direction to either entities or the convention as a whole can be made from the floor as well. We'll be talking about those and some specific ones that we anticipate being made in Orlando. Hey, and we said this to guys. So if you have one, send us one. If you say, Hey, here's something I've been thinking about. Uh, here's something I think that would be important that we address. I know I'd be interested in seeing it. I'm sure Tom would be interested mm-hmm. in seeing it. If he, we can find that he has the time, maybe I'll vet the thing and then send it to you, but <laughs> I'd be interested in you seeing it. Yeah. You'd be interested in me seeing it. Send me your resolutions. No, I, I, I would love to hear where Southern Baptist are at. We hear that all the time in emails. We've already got some people that are sending us some. Yeah. And so, look, let's partner. This is what it means to cooperate. Sure. So fire those off, and let's be praying and for the churches. if you're Southern Baptist, plan to come to Orlando, June 2020. Uh, I know this is a financial uh, hardship. Uh, to, to do this, to take two or three days out of your schedule to get there, to spend time uh, and money to stay there and to participate. And and we know that for some pastors and some churches, it's just not financially possible. We're actually looking at ways to partner together with churches that have means that are willing to provide some scholarships and uh, some help financially to get pastors to Orlando who would love to go but just can't go otherwise. If you're in that situation, let us know if you're willing to help uh, finance getting pastors to the Orlando Convention who otherwise couldn't go. Let us know that too. We'll be glad to help facilitate that. Thanks again for listening to Sword in the Trial today. Do come back and join us next week and in the coming weeks as we're going to take a season here to really consider how we can operate as Southern Baptists well.